All right, so we say three, two, one. Let's go! We gotta do that again. I didn't know that was. Uh, I thought we were one take it. You know, we gotta two take this one. We gotta two take this one. Let's do it. Adelante. Adelante. Vamonos. Three, two, one. Let's go! <laughs> wow. I am the host of the PBE podcast, Troy Tittlemeyer, joined by my sidekick. Wait a minute. Skips is not in on this show as he has been a ninja in all different ways, doesn't make these shows consistently as he used to. And this time, we just did this, right? You guys are in town. I said, let's fire it up. Let's run a podcast, right? With Ray Munoz, big bro, Rico. Uh, quick introduction, guys. Quick introductions, and then we'll go around the horn on kind of what what dropped out from this show, right, for us. So for me, it was um, uh, just an educational tool for uh, – the audience, you and Stan. I mean, I already knew mine and Big Bro's history, and it was just uh, uh, nice to be able to kind of, uh, in my mind, uh, really relive, relive the decades—the '70s, '80s, '90s—to now in regards to uh, yeah. the platforms that I've uh, been involved with, and what has made me currently who I am. And uh, it was nice to be able to kind of. Uh, Bring back some of those memories because there's so much more that could have been said. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, so much. We're more. just getting started. Yeah. This is episode yeah, one. But, uh, we'll have a... um, I'm honored for the opportunity to be able to uh, at least speak of it mm-hmm. in uh, in confidence mm-hmm. of where I've been, where and where I'm where I'm at, and where I'm headed. Right on. So and so, cool. tell me a little about Ray Munoz Consulting LLC. What you're doing now? Well, Van Zant Controls. What's going on? Well, what's interesting is um, I got to be very careful about how I word this. It was time to move on from the corporate world. Um, it was time for uh, myself as an individual to uh, start making the money that I've been making for everybody else. Mm. I've been very consistent on that. And then it, it was just time to, you know, regain the opportunity to be the businessman that I used to be that got taken away from me. It was time. I had to go. So mm-hmm. when this opportunity came up, and then the mm-hmm. other oil and gas opportunities came up, I was thinking, hey, it's time to, you know, redevelop another business. And that's where the consulting business came in. Raymond. It's good to be back, man. Yeah, it's good to see you back, bro. Yeah, good to be back. Good to see you back. Right on, right on. And Rico, uh, quick introduction. I'm obviously uh, Rico Reyes. <laughs> Um, as far as what I got out of today, though, Troy, I, I, I got to tell you, you know, alignment, keep the word alignment keeps coming into my head from a team perspective, just seeing, just seeing what you and Stan are about and what you, you know, what you stand for, you know, um, and, and Hey man, is this where, is this what I want to be a part of, you know? So everything for me is always team. I mentioned that before and, uh, alignment, alignment is just ringing really heavily in my head. So that's what I want to do. You know, I want to understand it. I want to know, you know, like Ray, I want to have a comfort level where when I'm talking about it, it's funny, I was just over here at uh, Scoops getting breakfast for us, and the lady says, hey, oh, you know, and she used to live in Bellevue, Washington. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and she <laughs> now lives at Cave Creek or Cave, some, somewhere here in Arizona. Cave Creek. Cave, Cave Creek. Um, but anyway, I was talking to her, and she and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, down here, Magma Kim Research Institute, blah, 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 blah. She starts asking me questions. Oh, there's some mining going on over here, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. 
And then she starts asking me. So I just gave her the tidbit that I understand. <laughs> what did that sound like? And uh, <laughs> She wants to know where to go dig. <clears throat> well, that's usually the case. Well, I kept it very uh, protective on you there, Stan. I got you. I got your back, Stan. <laughs> so, uh, no, more than anything, it was just a matter of knowing that, um, hey, man, you know, I'm actually talking to this in, in, a, in a capacity that what I understand right now, which isn't a whole bunch, but the belief and the gut feeling. We always talk about gut. Uh-huh. Got to go with your gut. Guts, feelings gotten us out of so many problems oh in our lives. Oh, my lives. gosh, man. You know, none that we want to talk I, about. I mean, I'll, I'll grab a bro, <laughs> no. big bro and say, bro, yeah. I can feel it in the air. We yeah. got to go. Yeah, we, can't <laughs> we can't be here. So, yeah. yeah. So, those, you know, those moments. But yeah, that's my gut is very settled. It's very easy. It's comfortable here. You know, so alignment, man. Alignment. Nice and green down. Because oh. <laughs> the monsoon, right? It's good yeah, time. Just alignment. And I, and I think that having the opportunity to be able to share some of, like Ray was saying, you know, reminiscing on some of these things that you put away. You put them in a shoebox, put them at the top of your closet, because sometimes you don't want to remember them, you know. But the reality is those things are what they're, you know, that's what is chipping away at the frame of who you are. And, you know, yeah. now you know, you're, this is the core of who we are because of those experiences, right? So... It's okay to remember those things. And and it's safe to remember those things knowing who we are now. That's the important part. You gotta identify that. Wow. It's not, man, you know, I'm still that person or well, we went through all that or this and that. That's not the case. So, so And as kind of the administration side of Ray Munoz LLC, right? That's what you kind of yeah. are are getting to be. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna try to apply the skill set that I have and helping him to be able to manage a portion, you know, of, of what it is that you know, that this endeavor, this endeavor as a whole, you know, and I want to be, I want to be, uh, I want to be good at it, right? So I'm all ears, man, and, you know, I'm just ready to learn and, and be a part of it and be successful and, and uh, for, for all of it. And we'll say this, though. It's good to see this guy over here where he's at, you know what I mean? And that having that opportunity, what he was saying, you know, to be able to make his own money, you know, it's time that people are going to see the value in what, the value of what this uh, this change is going to be. And Changes yeah. are coming. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Not doing Can it. I get your version? No, no. Gosh, okay, man. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days. I always get a kick out of the podcast, man. I always get a kick out of just. Change is going to come. Getting to let someone else yes, unload on the mic. And, you know, it does bring out a different. <sighs> something about people they just it's it's different right no matter how natural the question is being on this microphone knowing it's a podcast knowing it's going out there that's not for me it might be coming for stan they heard they heard i was here (laughs) that's the first time we've had a siren in the background of the podcast that's the first time it has to be border patrol changes are coming we're sitting here (laughs) no it has to be border patrol guarantee we're sitting here i gotta watch the state driver's well we got a big station here Again, I value every time I get on these microphones, dude, but these this relationship for us in the last few weeks of really really getting it, getting to know your family, getting to know you and, and yeah. you, you know, being who you are as I feel like it's been just I gravitate towards, you know, you pulling that out and Ray's ability to do exactly the same thing in a different way, right? And I'm just like, Wow, you know, this this must be real, right? This must be truth, yeah. right? I'm feeling it, yeah. right? In different ways, in different shapes, in different forms. And I'm like, man, that's exciting. That's exciting for me. And, you know, put away the past. What is t- today? Excitement, opportunity, 
and it's in alignment. Sure. It's in alignment. Sure. And so it's, it's, it's go time, man. Yeah. And I get charged up because it's go time. And I'm excited for everybody because that's where we're at. It's that's go we're time. very similar. I get the same way, man. I start getting like, hey, let's go. Let's go to the gym right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's go lift, you know. But just that, that passion behind it, that's, that's, it's, very, um, it's very refreshing to see that man, it that's, means that much. Right? And so we dropped out all kinds of cool stuff. I thought squatting on conventional wisdom, the concept of squatting on conventional wisdom, because that's success. That's what we're kind of taught. That's what kind of hardwired in as you're watching kind of successful people around you. Squatting on conventional wisdom is not life. There's no settling here. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, there's, there's change coming and we're a part of it and right. it's out of our control. Like we did a, a podcast just the other day with a young economics major in LA. She said that what the, what the pandemic did to inner city LA, everybody that's like plus 35 with a great job moved physically out of the city they're done they're living in houses in the suburbs mm -hmm. what's filling it 21 year olds physical physical bodies of 21 year olds college graduates undergrads all this stuff that's what's filling the inner cities right zero now man experience with zero <laughs> experience right wow what an interesting change that we got to embrace there is you got to have empathy yeah. with the people that went out to the suburbs and the people that are filling up the the new inner city. You got to communicate. We got to integrate with all that stuff. You got to have the ability to make interrelational sure, sure. Uh, relationships. Interrelationships. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest with people, man. You know, give them the truth. Sheesh. Don't, don't sauce somebody up thinking you're doing them a favor, man. No. I you. love you too much to not be honest with you yep. right now. John, tell you exactly you. what's going mm -hmm. on. I love you too much. My love for you demands me that I'm honest to you. It demands honesty. So I'll start from my high school career. Okay. Um, Give us a little bit of maybe where you're born, okay. right? Okay. Right? You grew up. My name and is Ray Munoz. I was born in Midland, Texas in 1960. Uh, I'm old, but I'm an old young. Um, Growing up in West Texas, Midland, Texas, of all things, uh, the journey of growing up in, uh, I wouldn't say deprived uh, uh, upbringing, uh, but being exposed uh, in the seventh grade as we were being segregated to go to you know junior high school. And you start meeting wow. these young men whom uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, who became my dear, dear friends, we still stay in touch. Some of the wealthiest kids in the state of Texas. Now, I didn't even know what that represented, guys. Wow. Um, the thing that helped me out uh, was uh, on the athleticism, growing up with some Pena, <clears throat> uh, uh, uh Chicano brothers and black brothers. And when we showed up, man, we certainly had a, had a presence. But it was awesome to be able to combine not only, uh, uh, you know, the, the three races that were part of the – and I'll bring that up, guys, because, I mean, it was it was still very racial back in the day. Oh, that's back in the 70s. That's right. That's right. But, but our development of friendship, um, knowledge, athleticism, et cetera, got me through wow. the process. Carried over all that other yeah. stuff. Oh, my gosh, Troy. Um, you know, didn't have a choice. Didn't want a choice. I mean, I, I played baseball, basketball, ran track, and football. It was awesome. Wow. Was what was your 400-meter run? Oh, my gosh, man. Oh. Um, Fast? 
It was quick. He was a he was a distance guy. I was, I was a, a distance spreader. guy. So oh, you were the spreader. Was he was he, this cat right here, <clears throat> man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, my forty was a little bit better than his. So if he was uh. chasing me down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his short his short run. <laughs> I'm the cheetah. He was the antelope. You know what I mean? I get him. <laughs> but, but no, he was uh, he was quick, man. So you're in high school, or you're transitioning to high school, and Rico's getting born. Uh, seventy three, man. I was in um, seventy two, seventy three. I was twelve, thirteen years old, man. And here we go. Uh-huh. It was it was fun uh, growing up. My big bro here, um, you know, when he was old enough to travel, I mean, I would throw him in the vehicle or uh, everywhere or a private jet. Of one of my buddies, families, and <clears throat> we'd go all over the place. And he, he just tacked along, man. So the exposure, guys, from uh, two young men growing up, and oh, dare I say the poor side of town, uh, was incredible. Uh-huh. Amazing. It was amazing. So uh-huh. moving forward through that phase, so high school was very eye-opening, very educational, not only through the racism aspect, athleticism, and the uh, relationship building with um, my white brothers. It was incredible. Wow. It was amazing. And from there, you know, just moved on. Um, I'm going to move forward to the latter years of the 80s. Excuse me, guys. Um, I went to work for IBM, um, and I, I was involved in uh, R&D and data transfer. Uh, we were already manipulating, um, you know, digital data transfer uh you know now you have iphones right right uh but we were dumping in you know data and the r&d on that was impeccable uh and i took that knowledge and uh moved on to uh telecom arena this is after you got your degrees at ut well after i got my degree from there and then other arenas uh from many many places right um because i I deviated, and I wanted to learn a little bit, something a little bit more deeper in the ones and zeros world. And I actually went to DeVry Institute of Technology. Mm. I mean, I really, I mean, I got to study and all this stuff, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm lacking something, right? So I went to DeVry and did uh, their three-year uh, WT program and conditioned into two because I was able to, back in the day, it was called Clip Out, um, and uh, took the exams, and I was fast-forward to you know, uh, the second year of the program. It was amazing. I mean, the studies, the knowledge, the hands-on, uh-huh. uh, the the lab work is exactly what I needed. And that's, wow. that, and that's where IBM came in Okay, and picked me up. There, there was two positions open for R&D, and there was 10 of us. And me and uh, one of my Latino brothers from Puerto Rico got picked. Wow. It was cool. In uh, in high school and college, were you the Ray Munoz that just knew everybody like ER? That, like, that's, that hasn't changed a bit. That's who you are since you were born. Well, uh, my, He's been that way since birth. <laughs> my, my, coaches, my coaches in Lee yeah. High School, you know, used to say, Munoz, here's the only one we see that hangs out with the potheads, <laughs> the hippies, the rednecks, the blacks, and the whites, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, from the band members to the thespians. I mean, I was all over the place. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Wow. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of what fun. a trip, man. So yeah. through high school, you're kind of developing, huh, I guess, a lot. that I have now. Right? You're yeah. developing you kind of that. You last night. Uh-huh. Yeah. That intera- That skill of interacting with the physical world, with other people physically, yes. right? That's high school. College, you're getting a little more higher level of kind of out of every day, enjoying everybody to like, what am I really doing? What am I going to get a career in? 
You know, that that's kind of yeah. the development of college, right? The madness of that is so true because suddenly you're dealing with people from all over the world, you know, and you start kind of learning how to communicate. You know, one of my best friends was from uh, Guatemala, you know, one of my study partners, just an incredibly intelligent young man, you know. Uh, you could tell he, he'd come from a pretty rough life. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, you know, we became, you know, compadres, as they say. So IBM took us. We, you know, they threw me into this R&D program. It was the coolest thing, guys. I mean, after I graduated from DeVry, understanding that digital world, mm-hmm. the sequences of the language that the ones and zeros represent. Wow. And how it communicates into a little small platform, you know, some sort of uh, PLC or some sort of board or whatever, and how it all manipulates, you know, through a circuit and just goes from here to there and ties in and sends out a signal. Next wow. thing you know, you've got digital data coming to it. Wow. Cool stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I just created a picture the other day. I took the, the a picture of the very first typewriter or very first keyboard, basically. Yeah. And then one that's like a gamer, it's all lit up, it's got yeah. all these extra buttons. And then I took a, an aerial view of what we do, and it's got the microphone in it, the mixer, a keyboard, right? That's the evolution of <laughs> communication. Crazy? The evolution yeah. of change right awesome. there, right? And integrating to that and, and making it part of what this is. And understanding, obviously, the value of sitting down with people that you're building a relationship with, like we're doing today, and capturing that moment that's this is it this is communication right here this is this is how the the future looks and how it feels and i like it i don't mind it my bluetooth it goes right to my phone a phone calls i'm now taking a call in the middle of doing a project like i don't move very much and i'm very effective right here let's sit down do a podcast Mm -hmm. right bang just like that one comment i want to say about this this technology and stuff first of all almost i just want to throw this out I did study Fortran. Now that's old school computer <laughs> language. <laughs> Fortran. But, but I tell you what, what this has taken away. It's taken, you know, the younger generation away from making hardcore direct decisions on their own. Back when I was growing up, we didn't have cell phones. From the interpersonal side, right? Right. From the we didn't have that. Side. You know, when I was an electrical contractor uh, on the electrical side, you know, you run into a situation, it's like, okay, so I'm I'm dealing with some 480 here, transformed to 220, 220 to 110. You know, occasionally you had some questions. I would back away. I mean, who am I going to call? I don't have an avenue, but it has to get done. Wow. So I would sit down and diagram it, look at it, study wow. it, and then the engagement of that moment and that problem. Yes. On a level that doesn't exist for most now. It's oh, I understand the problem. Googling. Google hey Stan, <laughs> what am I looking at here? YouTube, check YouTube. <laughs> yeah. They and, got a video for it. And me. I'm not. Yeah, YouTube will teach you how to de- develop this. You know, your philosophy of breaking yeah, 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 this down. Uh-huh. Your your ability to sit down. Make a distinction. Yes. Make a decision, and it mm-hmm. it is the right one. And you Thank don't have. God, I didn't burn anything down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure have. And I, and I did I commercial sure uh, and residential projects uh, all over the country. So, but um, it was. Right. Um, so what I take away from the beginning of where I started this conversation, through the days of growth, through those days as a, a dream electrician through the days of IBM is as I started, you know, going through the phases of educating myself on the transitions of technology and, and then, you know, 
where this thing is headed. I mean, the amazement of uh, the infancy of all this stuff. Um, wow. I, I can honestly say I was part of that in some, some form or fashion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So from there I went on, forgot to mention this part, from there I went on to uh, the polymer industry. I, I received a phone call from a good friend of mine, Wes Wagner. Wagner and Brown out of Midland. Oh, wow. Yeah, what? Yeah. And I went to go work for... Um, That's the uh, same Wagner Noel? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right on. That'd be cool I, to I, get I him on a podcast well. one day. I was the, the lead journal electrician for uh, Science List Wagner. And uh, Miss Miss Noel Delvedino, uh, Lissa's uh, uh, mother. Um, what? It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, um, he called and said, hey, man, I, I have an incredible opportunity. I need somebody who's bilingual. And uh, we're doing some R&D on uh, polymers. Anyway, and I, and I was like, uh, there was a nice, it, it was nice, a nice bonus package, <clears throat> et cetera. And so I took the opportunity, and I'm glad I did because I, not only did I meet some impeccable people, but I learned, um, you know, an industry of sucral. I mean, all this stuff that uh, on the polymer side that I didn't know anything about. But what I did understand, knowing the processes of, you know, electricity, the processes of the digital world, all this was just a different process that had to be understood. Oh, wow. Yeah. So wow. that in its own right was uh, a confidence of sure getting in the middle of it sure yeah and this ability to see a wall and you're like i break this down it's just a process it's just a process man wow just got to figure those out wow and then from there i got back into telecom and uh worked for a, a called, company called twin cities communications uh uh paul spate who was my right tackle made me really look good on the football field because <laughs> he was six nine God. in it. high school yeah yeah, and, and he ran a four six forty. <laughs> this is a, a one school, a refrigerator five. with like a five hundred horsepower motor in it. Yeah, oh my gosh! What? The? And all I needed was a little sliver, <laughs> and I was gone. But it was just so hop fun. on his back, holding yeah, the ball. Just, just, just keep going, brother. <laughs> but um, did twelve, 12 years with them. You know, uh, it was nice to be able to get a little equity on that. <clears throat> so I, I moved to El Paso and um, well. The thing that literally cut my teeth, gentlemen, uh, on the sales sector was you walk across. I was living in El Paso, mm -hmm. and I spent my summers in El Paso and Juarez specifically. You walk across Calle Santa Fe, uh, go into uh, the main avenue. You commandeer a cabby. This is yeah. a Juarez. The main Juarez, yes. Okay. Yeah. This wow. is how I cut my teeth on sales. Um. My job, my main directive was, we need to create some cross-traffic with Mexico. Let's, we're in the paging industry at that time. Pagers. Yes. Wow. So let's, 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 increase, mm -hmm. let's increase our uh, platform to our clients. We need to get you to go in there and find out whom can we tie into that has a huge footprint. Wow. So that we can cross-traffic. Wow. And right on. increase the volume of their... Uh, potential clients improve their communication exactly. tools and um i'll never forget this older gentleman he's from his late 70s man it was wonderful oh kind of, kind of grandfatherish mexico in mexico in juarez yeah what was his name uh luis luis uh i'm telling you senor luis man amazing i told him what i was up to 
And then I said, I need you to take me to all the paging companies in town because <clears throat> I know where to take you. <laughs> and, and you're having to communicate in the local language. Wow. In a salesmanship side. Wow. Going to lunch with them or whatever, meeting with them. Well, and- you know, uh, about four to five weeks into it, I finally got the phone call that I needed. One of the gentlemen that I, that really I, I connected with contacted his people, uh, Esteca Televisión and then Univision. So the big wigs came in for Mexico City, and I took, you know, uh, my technical team and the owners of the uh, one of the owners of the company, <laughs> and we sat in the uh, Univision office. Uh, I did a big presentation. Uh, <laughs> You're like twenty something uh, years old. Uh, I was in my early thirties. Early thirties at yeah. this point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you talk about cutting your teeth. On oh the sales man, sector. we're gonna pause that because we're coming right back into that in the drill down section. I, I want to get. I want to get into some of that. Rico, kind of same thing, same idea. What happened? How did you develop out through high school into your <clears throat> professional career? <clears throat> uh, very different than Ray. <laughs> very different. Um, but growing up as his little brother and being around, you know, him and his friends the entire time and really seeing the way they interacted really helped me to develop my interpersonal skills, you know, how I was going to engage people, how I was going to start conversations, how I was going to just, you know, open up a random conversation with a stranger. With anyone. With anyone. And, uh, and then I became very comfortable with it. So that carried on. You know, if I go back into elementary school, all I was about was athletics. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do was play basketball. That's all I wanted to do was play football. That's all I wanted to do was be outside. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, this was before, obviously before, um, you know, Netflix and all of that stuff, you know. And uh, sure. shoot, I remember having the very first Atari that came out. Bang, that single joystick. The single with joystick the, with one button. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when that came out, I thought I was the best. Everybody wanted to come and hang out with me. but Did you have the football game? Of course. Te- uh, Tecmo Bowl or something it was no, called? That was, no, that was way after. Oh. This was the little ping, ping. This was just the Pong. Oh, ball. the Pong. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Shoot. Middle school. All right. Well, I am a little <laughs> yeah. younger than you, but I remember that joystick. Yeah. I remember seeing that thing. Yeah. Like, what the hell? It's Nintendo, man. This is where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the funny thing was, Troy, is that, that still didn't keep me inside. I was always outside. All I wanted to do was be outside with my friends. So fast forward a little bit. <clears throat> we start getting into middle school, and I start realizing, hey, man, I'm actually pretty good at this game. You know, I might be able to do something about this. So I really started to focus on um, just honing my athlete, you know, my athleticism, and went to uh, decided that I wanted to go to. Uh, at that time, I was in thoughts of being being a Roman Catholic priest. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, I got to know God pretty closely, and uh, I was like, hey, maybe I'm called to something different, right? And I found that I needed to be a father of another kind, right? So now having four kids and all of that. But, um, yeah, I moved on and uh, was offered a, a track scholarship from University of Texas, San Antonio. Um, they were looking at me to go triple jump and long jump for them. Dang. Uh I was a 100-meter, 200-meter, 4 by one and triple jump and uh, long jumper, believe it or not. Now I look like a defensive end. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> a tackle. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, yeah, man, so that, that's that's where it all started with me. It was just focus on athletics and and all the relationship you develop. It's always been about team for me. Everything has always right. been about team. That's right. That's what you – That's. That's exactly right. It's where you lived. It's That's where you operated. Yep. Thought that way. 
That's interesting, man, because as we develop our relationship, I get just always just a ton of knowledge and, and wisdom from you on how you identify the skill sets of yeah. someone else yeah. and how they fit into this. What's going to keep them motivated, right? If shit starts hitting the fan, sure. they're motivated to fix it. They're sure. motivated to make the, 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 the distinctions, right? And focus on that problem because you, you know, you have that, that knowledge, you, you see that somehow. I, I mean, it's interesting. It's just fascinating. Well, and you know, also you have to understand the way people learn. You can't force feed somebody a book if they're an on the job type person, you know? So you have to identify what they're good at, what their role is, how they're going to, con- you know, how they're going to connect with the team. Do they gel with the team? Are right. they on the right? You know, are they on the right team? Um, wow. What kind of value do they add? You know, that kind of stuff. So, um, and then you got to look at non-value added stuff as well and see, you know, how do we manage that along with the growth of the individual? You know, don't let them get too tied up into something that's not helping with their growth. You know, you want to make sure that you keep them on track. So that's really helped me in my management career moving you know, from that or coming from that. So you're through high school. You're an athlete. Mm-hmm. How big were you in high school? What was your fittest? Oh, man. I was in high school, 180 pounds, six foot, 180. Sheesh. A freaking uh, seminary. Bullet. How tall was I? Or how no, big was tell I? Tell them where you were at. Though. College. Oh, yeah. yeah, now well, college. High school, in high school, it was the St. Anthony High School Seminary in San Antonio. And, um, yeah, I was about 175, 180. Six foot. Yeah. Muscle. Uh, about a four four forty. Just a bullet. Just, oh, dude, I cannot strong even. Strong safety. I, oh. I, loved it. I loved it. You kidding me? Yeah, but it, you know, those were the old days. Obviously, but, um, it was a lot of fun. Violent impacts. Violent impacts. Many violent impacts. And I loved them. I, oh, I, I, te- I can tell. I was hungry for the hit. Like a headhunter. That's what I really enjoyed more than anything. <sighs> just that. Yeah, you know, just that crunch. Wow. Yeah. Woo! We both get up. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to do that again. Let's just keep talking about it. <laughs> I would no. never in my entire life put on a helmet and try to run into you. Oh. I would never no. try well, to do that. You know, those days are long gone, but I'll tell you what. I mean, my body feels it like it was yesterday. <laughs> so. so in college, what? You grew a little bit, maybe more height, more weight? Um, I was stayed about six foot. I, I think that I, I finished out right at about, I am six foot now, so. Okay. And I was about 185 pounds. I was, Shoot. Yeah. All the way through college. What, what degree did you get? What kind I of? I did not finish college. Oh. So I wound up coming back to Midland and going to Midland College. I uh, broke my hand while I was playing. And if you're a receiver, you know. So I was just Dang. like, I wasn't going to be a, you know, a tackling dummy, if you will. You know. Uh, so, you know, I gained an extra year of eligibility, but I, I declined. You know, I, I walked away from it. Then I went decided to get into the military. Got home, got into a little bit of, you know. Grow up, grow up, uh, growing pains, if you will, and uh, decided I needed a little discipline and got into the military. Wow. Navy. Navy. Went to the Navy at 18, 19? I was 19. Wow. How many years, Chris? 12 years total, split right. time. I did five years on a ship, and then I got out for five years, and then 9-11 happened. I got back in for seven. Wow. Yep. Wow. Deciding factor being, I'm going to go defend. Always, you know... The funny thing is, is I've always had this very protective nature about me. There's always been something in me that's been driven to kind of like, you know, look after folks, look after people. And 9-11 really, you know, was hard. It, it took a really hard hit on me. You know, it affected me deeply because, I mean, you know, Ray and I are third generation here in America, you know. So the only reason that we're as smart, as capable, as able is because we had the opportunity we had here. 
we would have been back in Mexico where our grandmother grew up and stuff, it, it would it might not have turned out the same way, mm-hmm. you know. So there's always been a sense of patriotism in mm. our family, you know. Being from Texas, man, it's even furthers it, you know. So, mm. you know, um, I mean, you know, remember the Alamo, you know, what I mean Shit. that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> right, um, it was really something that uh, that I just really felt like I needed to pursue. Um, after the twelve years were up. Uh, you know, I, I, I felt like I like I had given back, but, uh, you know, I continue to have that feeling like I still need to give more, you know what I mean? You know, like I need to uh, grow people or show people how to be better to get out of their ruts so that they can see the potential they have. Gosh, dude. You know, so it's always been something that's uh, that's driven me. So You developed that mindset, that sentence or sequence of words that you just said at the end of the Navy, when you got out of the Navy, you, you, you had that, or is that still developing at this point? Oh, no, it's constant. It's, uh, it, you know, I like to consider myself more of like a, you know, like a living document. It's never done. It's always progressing. So I learned, I've had a lot of great mentors, this one being the first one and, uh, you know, growing me up and, you know, he, he's gotten me out of some messes. I mean, we didn't grow up in the easiest household, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, he was always there to, to kind of, so, you know, it kind of instilled in me, you know, you got to, got to look after one another and uh, so i continue that today you know i, I instill that in my big children. time big time i instill that in my children so yeah it's a big deal for me dude and your your delivery I, I told you this the other day i said like you know you have that physical presence and it stan does too right you see a huge physical physical human being you have it in the intensity of your of your eyes and to me ray has the ability to to unlock that Mm-hmm. that I'm physically here, you know what I mean? When you're engaging with somebody, you don't get that with, with everybody that quickly. Sure. Got it instantly. But you have the physical one that turns everybody, go, all right, this is physically a huge human being. And then you start talking, and then it's like, whoa, you're actually listening. You're actually, like, really talking when you talk. Right. <laughs> but you have to understand also there's, there's two things, and I'm sure Stan can attest to this. Sometimes you have to make people okay with you being there. When you're a big guy, they're like, is this guy with some taco sauce, is he going to eat me right now? You know what I mean? I mean, what's going on? What is he here for? You know, you know is he here to, you know, is he going to kill me? Right. What's going on? And, and, and the reality is, you know, so you kind of have to get people in a position to be comfortable. So sure. I try to smile That's, a lot. Oh, yeah, you do. Instantly. You know, and I try Instantly. to make sure that, hey, man, you know, you know, you know, um, let people know that they can let their guard down, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm there. And that... Uh, you know, in most cases, I'm trying to learn from them. So, man, well, every time we get together, man, both you guys, every time we do this and more, I get to, to, to work with you guys. I feel like I'm just way more attentive to the, the nuts and bolts, the X's and O's of what's going on and all that stuff. So, I just value our time together like crazy. Thank you, Troy. Like I crazy. Yeah. Uh, Likewise so, with us, though, man. I mean, absolutely. Our conversations go to places that we never intended them to go, and then yeah. we wind up walking out of there kind of nodding like man that was intense you know or you know what i mean you know so hey continuous improvement brother yeah That's what it is right on and now we're about to officially start the drill down segment of the pbe podcast oh, was turned on. okay with ray munoz and big bro aka rico of the pbe podcast and so specifically what I want to talk about, guys, is something that's developed the last couple of weeks, right? We've been working on just different projects and starting to become part of this, you know, this, this movement of, of ideas and trying to make discoveries and push forward new technologies, all this stuff we always talk about. 
And then today happened and yesterday happened. I thought, man, what a unique opportunity I think it is to sit down with you guys specifically and kind of break down the difference between what you learn in academia and kind of what you learn as a young professional versus what you learn in your career, what you earn through your career, right? You can talk, both are learning and earning experiences. I get it, but let's be honest. You know, your career, what you stood on for 30 years, what you build your retirement on, right? That decision, those decisions, that part of your life is a lot different than that first, you know, growing part of your life. So what's the difference, Ray? Let me tell you, gentlemen, it's easy. It, um, my uh, response is simple. You know, I mentioned uh, the ones and zeros world. I mentioned, you know, uh, studies in certain many arenas, you know, from physics to chemistry. You know, that's great. The educational aspect of it, that's wonderful. But my true, true experience is immersing out there in the public. Get your hands on it. Understand. I remember that example I gave you as an electrician. You have to understand. Give, get, give yourself the confidence. So what have I learned? Well, certainly, all the educational aspect has been an asset. So you take that, and then you start looking at the processes in real life, whatever that is. doesn't matter. Yep. If it's you know, grabbing a hammer and uh, nailing a nail on a board, it's still a process, right? It's simple stuff. But you just have to understand it. So what have I taken? Well, we've got to continue to grow and understand, educate ourselves, Oh, on the job training, everybody's heard it. It's the best education anybody can have, in my opinion. But the OTJ. basis, but the basis uh, that has allowed me to really move forward to where I'm at now, no doubt, was the educational aspect. Right. Would you say the educational aspect was kind of like a, a a building of a diving board of some kind? Did you feel it was it was loading up the bow? Mm -hmm. You feel, really feel that way? This was uh, this was teaching me exactly how to attack that next stage. Yes. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. That's good. So you know, as an electrician, when I got back into you know into divine into the digital world, you know, understanding uh, uh, electrical processes even further, uh, I already had the training outside of the uh, educational side because I'd been doing it since I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And learning the basis of electrical processes, right? you know, different right. voltages, different amps, different ratios. I mean, just all kinds of neat stuff. Right. So um, to me, the transition has been, I'm not going to say easy by any means. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Because you still have to learn what those processes are. Sure. But... Um, I'm not going to fail. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. It's interesting to take it at that point because for me, it was like, you know, a strategy, right? There's yeah. like this ultimate plan. And if I execute it perfectly, I'll have everything that I dreamed of, right? That's a concept yeah. that maybe you have. <laughs> but the reality is, no, 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 no. There's a fucking process out there and you need to understand that process as fast and as accurate as you can. And get going on that process. Start getting your real world experience on that process. Accept it. Believe in it. Yep. I like that. That's interesting. That's interesting. It does very, very much simplify exactly what it's all about. Yep. Get in the process and understand it. Magma came in a sense is interesting to think about in geologic sense because it's all about the process at the end of the day to find where to put the mine, right? Where that body of ore is. However, you cannot get there without making a shit ton of mistakes that can set you back for years 
without understanding the source. Exactly. So there is a source and process part to this life. Source and process. It's not all about the process. I get that. That's a big part of it. Big part of it. I'll tell you what the bigger part is, Mr. Tittlemeyer. Ooh. I'm telling you right now, that's great. The biggest struggle in so many ways, culturally, different languages, different religions, different cultures, yeah. It's the interpersonal relationships that you build as you go forward through life. Exactly. That right there, in my opinion, is the number one goal that everybody needs to understand. Wow. I spoke to the um, Young Professionals Association in West Texas. Yes. I think I told you this. I'd like to share that with everybody. That's great. I said, what am I supposed to talk about? (laughs) I said, all your global experiences. I said, well, that's great. Give me your top 10 questions, and I'll put a little PowerPoint together. In the end, uh, there was five points, but I'm going to get to the fifth one so I don't bog this down much. And I literally walked away from the, the microphone, the platform, and walked around the audience and said, this one right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the most important one in my life, in my experiences. If you have a question, a concern, or a desire to know something, most importantly, if there's a concern about an individual, whether it's a relationship, you know, and business, doesn't matter. Don't go outside the source because then suddenly you're going to get opinions from other people mm-hmm. that's been embellished. And their <clears throat> assumptions are the same thing because they're just assuming because they're hearing it from somebody else. Wow. What you need to do is take it to the source. Wow. In confidence, you create that face-to-face. Witness body movement. Witness eye contact. Witness the tone of their voice. Understand what the response is. Then at that point, you can formulate your own opinion. Right. Versus going to, Stan, Stan, what have you heard about Troy and his, <laughs> you know, his boyfriend or whatever? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You just, yep. that to me right there, everything we've talked about, that's fantastic. Education, yes. Careers, wonderful right but when it comes right down to it interpersonal relationships building those relationships and making sure that your confidence gives you the ability to question anything that you're concerned about wow if you do not address the source you will mess up the pro understanding the process indeed Mm -hmm. wow so and afterwards man everybody's like wow that's good great advice that's fucking i love it well love it because i've experienced it that's right. That's what I've experienced, right? I mean, that's that's what we experience. I'm experiencing it right now. People are out there just, you know, talking smack. And that's okay. Nobody's coming to me. That right there gives me the confidence that shame on them. Wow. <laughs> that's right. What an interesting way to think about both sides of that. Yeah. Both so sides anyway, of that. Who's actually I'll, coming to the source? I'll leave it. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it. Mm-hmm. Who are these source seekers, right? That's probably a small population. Yeah, and I think source you, you, you have to consider the human element and everything, right? You know, um, you know, even conversations, there's operator error. You know what I mean? Even in conversations, people say the wrong things. Absolutely. And, you know, make the wrong determinations or whatever the case may be. But the human element is what drives everything, right? So if you understand that, you know, this person's human or you understand that, you know, and you're able to get to the bottom of everything and understand that, hey, man, was it a misunderstanding? What's really going on? What's really happening here? You know what I mean? Was it intentional? Or what? Or was uh-huh. it? <laughs> but that's the determination uh-huh. you make by going to the source itself. Uh huh. And you, you know, yeah. You don't do it from the thirty thousand oh. foot view. Thirty thousand foot view is you don't see everything going on down there. Right. You know and I mean? and you have that moment. 
that moment when I ask you this question to look me in the eye and answer me that question and I understand where we're at, you know, by the way I'm looking exactly. at you and watching you, you have that moment to be true or to be something else. Absolutely. And you can't hide that. It is unhideable. You can't mask yeah. that no, in real life. Body language, tone of voice, those things. Woo! Those things right there, they speak volume. Oh, because then all of a sudden you have a gut feeling. You absolutely. walk away and you're like, uh, what is my gut telling me here? Yeah, absolutely. I know what was happening. I, I felt it. I understood that. You experienced that. Wow. So many times we do that. <sighs> That's I know, good. It's, and it's dangerous uh, for, for everyone. Um, you know, gosh, it's just dangerous, guys. Because if you go to the sources, you, you just said it perfectly. What does your gut tell you? You know, wow, these people out there are just talking madness. Or, wow, I think they were correct. But what right. you don't do afterwards is give your opinion and continue the madness of wow. Rumors. Just keep wow. it to yourself. Just simply say, we can't what, for some what, reason, what right? Ask Troy, man. Social media. Social media is that's it. You know, what his boyfriend's name operator is. Operator error, man. Social media exists off operator error. 90% of social media is operator error. It's somebody's opinion based on somebody else's opinion, what they thought was the source. Or, and or how about this? The picture that's being painted on there is fabricated. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, it's a highlight reel for people's lives. Right. You don't know the pain they're going through, what they're dealing with. Right. Or their insufficiencies and all right. that stuff, right? Right. So it's a highlight reel. It's Sports Center. It's Sports Center on Facebook. Yeah, shit, yeah, dude. Two different total perspectives. I love the same thing, though. That's right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, where do I want to take it from there? This is so good. Talking about source and process and understanding that and earning that. Right. That's what I was really after. This idea that you you experience it after you kind of learn the ideas. Ah, that's where I want to take it. In academia or in your, your, your young life, you really have one or two mentors that really develop. It's probably a professor, most likely, if it's college time, right? Or it's somebody that's real close to you, an uncle or your dad or a family member of some kind, right? When you're young. Then when you get in the professional world, you now have immediately a new one. It's your boss, Right, it's or your it? or it, well, okay, or a coworker. Huh? It's somebody that's like, hey, hold on, we're in this. It's sure. gonna work together. Absolutely. You do that right, I do this right. We're gonna make something new. We'll all make money. You start having these new mentors, and they sure. compound. They compound. It's a compound positive mentors that are that are making an impact on the way you decide and may, the way you you operate. What's the difference between a, a professor? Doing that, right? Getting ready for that, and and that that working environment, one, the boss, the manager, the coworker. What's the difference there? Anything? I, I think so. Um, my my career coach, um, Brian Baker. Um, Love him. Yeah, he's you need to meet he him. Brian Baker. Brian Baker. How do I get a hold of the guy? Got his email? He's he's an amazing <laughs> man. Give him one minute synopsis of who he is. Where's Brian, Brian Baker. Yeah. Uh, family's from Trinidad. Dad was an immigrant. Uh, brought his family over here to, to do better for him. He's an old guy. His dad was. Wow. Dad was an old guy. Um, and he challenged them all to be the best that they could be based on the opportunity they had now. Brian has taken the operations, ideas of, the, of operations management, turned them upside down on their head because of how <laughs> assertive he is and 
delivering that message. It's like, okay, before he started his job, he would drive over, sit in the parking lot before he was hired, and he would watch how people, the people he was going to manage, he would actually watch and see how they, how they did certain things or, you know. Wow, they interacted. Coming, yeah, were, were they interacting? Human and, you know, behavior. Yeah, and he would, he would take that with him so that he would have data to be able to be the best manager he could be for that. Because not every, I've been, I've been a manager in multiple, you know, in, in a few different companies, and my experiences are totally different one from the other. He's taken it to where as long as you stay the same, but you're always improving yourself, you take those elements, you use them to become the best manager you can be. And he's perfected it. He knows how to talk to you. He's going to talk to Troy the way Troy needs to hear it. And you're going to want to. You're going to want to go to work for him. Give you an example. We were on a walkthrough. It's called a gimbal walk in the lean manufacturing world. And the gimbal walk is you walk to each department. You look for the health of the, the health of the, the entire facility, the, the entire operation. So you have representatives from customer service, engineering, um, uh, the fabrication department, operations, human resources, you know, all of it, HR, everybody. The president would walk with us to get an understanding of what each department's health was. Define health. Health. Um, um, do we have any machines down? What kind of downtime are we looking at? What's your machine capacity? Do you have labor loss? Um, do you have material shortages? Jeez, have, so got it. The entire health, so the total health of the department. As we were walking, I was there two weeks, and I was really still just starting to get my, you know, it was a whole different experience for me than what I had been in before. And this customer service uh, supervisor Puts, pulls me on the carpet. She puts me on the carpet in front of everybody. I'm a really young supervisor at this point, right? Still, still a little heady, still trying to, you know, trying to understand my role. And I kind of froze like I didn't have an answer for her. You know, she's like, so um, what's going on in your fabrication department? When can I expect to see so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. I just kind of stood there. Everybody, <laughs> all these faces just turned on me. Started feeling the heat. <laughs> the the yeah. energy was coming in. Right, and I'm like, hey, Joy, she went this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like this. I'm going, okay. And then Brian Baker steps in. He said, we're going to look into that, and in an hour's time, he will have that information for you. Oh, he was actually standing there working, working with you. With oh, shit. Okay, cool. So they all start walking. Okay, thanks, Brian. And I'm like, man, I messed up. Hey, first failure on the job, right? <laughs> So we start walking, and I'm, I can feel my blood pressure and this anger surfacing. Silverback is hey, coming. Hey, uh, Brian, can I talk to you? Is this the way we do business around here? I mean, do you just call people out like that? It was the way that she delivered it. You get the body language and tone voice. She was purposefully putting me on the carpet because she wanted to make an ex example out yeah, of you. Like, I'm, I, I have this handled, and you have no idea what you're doing. And Brian says, I said, is this the way we do business here? And he says, do you want to quit? <laughs> and I said, well, no, I don't want to quit. And he said, then I need you to lace your boots up and let's get moving. You get that information heard in an hour's time. Dang. And I said, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I walk off and my whole focus was mission accomplishment. I've got an hour. The time is, time is ticking. The clock is moving. And I've got to get information. And I didn't want to ask a single person for help. 
because I needed to figure it out on my own. Wow. Open my world. You know what wow. I mean? I needed wow. to figure it out on my own. Wow. And later on, and as we developed our relationship more, I realized that he knew exactly how to talk to me. I'm a military guy. Put me in a position to succeed. And he did that. And he was able to identify that in me. Now, granted, another supervisor could have started crying if it was somebody, you know what I mean, by the way he did it. But he knew that was going to draw the best out of me. And I've never forgotten that because it's exactly the way I challenge people based on what their learning type is and based on what their skill set is and how can we improve this? How can I get you to where you need to be? You know, that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So you develop as kind of like really kind of paying attention to human behavior. That's what, it's always been that. Wow. It's always been that. And you can have all the day, data in the world, but if you don't deliver it properly, it's going to be useless in the ears of the other people. Well, so that's a good point. Job done. Got it done. Got it done. So what did she think of that? She uh, just kind of, you know, we after a while, she knew that, uh, you know, it was probably best that we just, you know. Back off a little cordial. bit. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right. All right, you did good kid kind of thing. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, so, yeah, keep it up. Yeah, it was good. Oh, man. So I always had this uh, three Ps ever since watching some stupid reality TV show. But the guy was always about people, product, and process, right? And those are the three things Makes that if, if you got those, I'm ready to invest. So he'd come in and evaluate a business, and his focus was the three Ps. Sure. You know, who are the people? What's the process? What's the product, right? What are you actually selling? It's funny that you say that because there's an element also in leadership that, that specifies that exactly. But you manage the process. You don't manage people. You lead people. You manage the process. And when you start doing it the other way around, that's when your management, that's wow. when your management gets compromised. When wow. You start managing people and leading processes, you've lost it. When people start going around you for answers, you've lost them. Wow. And when you don't give them reason to come to you, shame on you. Game over. Wow. Shame Shit. Mm -hmm. Wow. How interesting is that? And the product is its own thing, right? Quality, right? You want to get good quality. Sure. Product. Yeah. yeah well, that, that it, speaks for itself. That goes a completely different direction at that point. I yeah. call I call that one the byproduct of what you're saying. The byproduct is leading good people, managing the process efficiently will always make a good byproduct. Sure. Right? Whether it's going to be highly economic or not, well, I don't know. If everyone's going to buy a fidget for a dollar, right. and you're a, you're a billionaire overnight because you made some stupid fidget, mm -hmm. right? And now you're managing that process. You just make a shit ton of them. That's okay, cool. But somebody might just fail completely on the byproduct. But you can't make a mistake if you got good leadership, people that understand that, how you pull the best out of people. How do you do that? How do you identify, oh, this, this person's a, a OTJ kind of person, on the job, hands-on. This person's, you know, more, give them a, a pamphlet, tell them page by page, take your notes. You know, how do you identify that kind of stuff? Well, I tell you, I tell you what, you can't do it spending five minutes a day around them. You have to engage people. You have to engage them. You have to know them. You have to know what makes them tick. You got to know what, you know what, I did notice this. Next time when you come in and you speak to the operations planning or the operational planning manager, if you're coming in and interrupting him on a Zoom call, probably not the best way to do it. <laughs> Let's come in and say, hey, when you get some time, get back to me or something. But when you're, if you feel like, oh, it's more important than what I, you know, those type of things. You know, you have to be able to share things with people and, and give them feedback. And this is what I saw. Help me understand that. This is what took place. How did that happen? What were you thinking when that happened? How were you feeling? 
And they start talking, and you start to understand the way they're, you know, the ins yeah. and outs of what their life is and how they, and that's how you grow people. Otherwise, if, you, if you're just telling people what to do, you're just managing them. You're not leading them. Right. Right. Wow. You got to spend time with them, man. Got to spend time. That's good, dude. Two that's totally good. different perspectives, huh? Right. <clears throat> yeah. But just multiplying and a compound yeah. defense of kind of, for me, Right. Developing. Right. You guys are basically mentors to me in some of this in a whole new way. You know, I got Stan on the geology science, Stan in every way. Honestly, the more I spend time with him, the more I get his perspective and how he thinks about things and processes and source and all this. I, I value that so much. And same with you guys. Right. I'm the same thing. I'm getting so much from the conversations we have, man. I'm so glad we're recording this right now. <laughs> Cause then that's where I go. I go and I watch it. And I listen to it again and I, really get it i don't go to a textbook i don't i will if i absolutely have to if i have to go there and read something to get an image for the presentation right here's the black and white of what we're doing i'll do that but to sit down and read documents all day long in a scientific method and all that stuff no i'm gonna sit down and listen i'm gonna re i'm gonna watch videos and i'm gonna engage in listening that's how i that's just how i do and you know what that's called? It's called sharpening the saw. Huh. Sharpening the saw. So I went through this uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People class. It was a, uh, a Covey. Um, I don't know if you remember. Just Dave Covey, I believe it is. Ringing a bell. The last part was sharpening the saw. You can learn all these organizational skills. You can get everything in order. You can get the skill set or whatever. But if you're just, if you're not honing that, if you're not sharpening the saw to keep it sharp all the time, then at some point, you know, it's just... You know, it's going to fail. It's going to wow. fall through. Sharpening the saw. Wow. I love that. All right. Well, I think that was the drill down segment. I sure got a lot out of it. You guys feel good on the drill down? Indeed. Good. You want to you dive right into your notes? I think this would be interesting. Right yeah. into your notes. It's the completion part of the PBE podcast, which the concept of the PBE podcast was pretty simple in the beginning. We just said, you know what? Let's put people on the microphones and ask them their experience of the Permian Basin. What is your experience of the basin? That was kind of the concept of PBE. What developed was something completely different, and I had no idea even existed. And that's really the artwork of a network yeah. of this community that you now have these relationships with, and you're building on, right? And you're you're really investing in all these guests, and they're investing. It's just this crazy network that builds. And in that comes all kinds of new information, new ideas, and that we can apply to modern problems, right? Modern, we need solutions today for something. We're doing it in a totally unique way with brand new information, evolving ideas on the front lines of these microphones, and then applying it to real world applications. Sure. That's the point of the PBE podcast. That's what we do. That's what we do. And that's our shows. That's our focus. And it's freaking fun. So yeah. thanks, man. Thanks yeah, for being absolutely. here. Thanks for having us. Right on. Yeah. Completion. Let's do it. Let's do it. Completion's all about kind of where's it going, man? Where are we going from here? What is this? We kind of got it figured out. There's a process here. We certainly have sources. Where are we going with it? Right? What's the completion? Ready? You want to go? What's your thoughts? It's a matter of, uh, again, just continue to educate myself in regards to what our true purpose is, mm -hmm. you know, especially it's coming up in our uh, presentation to all these oil men in West Texas in a couple of weeks. Building the confidence in order for me to get up there and 
you know, start the processes of presenting what we're trying to offer. Um, continue to learn. <clears throat> yeah. Dr. PB is Magic Kim, you know, and, and just, um, and I'm going to take his advice, Stan's advice, on our website. I started even learning more, educating myself even further. Man. So, you know, that's what is going to continue to hopefully make us all successful. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, because once I get the, you know, comfortable <clears throat> with something, um, it'll come from the hip. Right. It'll come from the hip, man. That's it. Yep. Man. Man. There's, there's, there's not going to be any notes. There's not going to be anything. It's all come from the hip, and uh, that's what I see that's up and coming and what's going to make PBE, Magma Kim, and our consulting group successful. Ray Munoz Consulting LLC, contact Ray Munoz. And <laughs> if you need to go to the source, a valued, trusted source, you go to Ray Munoz Consulting Indeed. LLC. And these, these people do trust me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. These so aren't, These aren't the folks that are out there spreading rumors. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. That's just they noise, know. distractions. Yeah, he knows all about that. Distractions. Uh, they're they're yeah. not even distractions anymore, man. It's yeah. just like, you know, just continue just... I love that about how you said all that, right? And your focus out of all that that could be that answer. And he said, what's your thoughts on that? I'm like, oh, this is good, right? You're just going from the hip. What I got from it, though, was, you know, we, we got it's right in front of us, yeah. right? We build our interpersonal skills. We keep developing the, what we're doing, keep pushing forward on that. Exactly. We, we have trust in each other. We have trust in the people around us. We know this thing's moving forward, and we're excited to be a part of that. And I think that for all of us is going to allow us just this new chapter of focus, this new chapter of, you know, drive, the drive, what gets you out of that bed and gets you to that door and gets you in front of those people that you want to build interpersonal skills with that drive in our life, that focus, that passion, it's all in alignment. It's like this void that when we're just filling this thing, man, it's, it's a current and let's just ride this thing. Let's ride the current and do the best we can. Right? It's against all of our interests to be, do anything wrong or incorrect or inefficient. We're all those types of people. But we're loose electrons. I certainly am. I'm all over the place. right? I go in every direction I possibly can because I believe in it all. I believe in everything, right? And I'm optimistic and I can get, uh, that's why we have these checks and balances. That's why we have a network. That's why we have this group. That's why you know who I am and I know who you are. And I get to talk to you and you get to ask those questions. And, you, and that's how we pump the brakes with each other. And yep. Right? Let's that's focus. That's why we have committees. That's why we have committees. Well, I'm like you, no. man. I'm OCD, ADD, and we're BBDs. I mean, what the heck, man? <laughs> I mean, hey, but you know, now what you see is what you get. That's right. right? That's, that's exactly right, too. That's, that's a big part line. of it. That's, that's the, the big line. part right there. Yeah. When you start overshadowing the truth of who you are, <laughs> you know, people don't want to be around that. They want to know who you are. That's it. Which is why it was important when you went to Seattle that you stayed in my house. Right. That was very important. I was, needed to get eyes on him, right? I yeah. needed to know him. That was monumental. I need to know who you are. That was monumental. You know what I mean? I need to know, I need you, I need to know that my family sees you. I need to know that... It, you know, this relationship is going to be what it is. You need to know who we are. That's right. So what you see is what you get. That's right. Plus, he saved me thousands of dollars. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I would have been in the penthouse suite somewhere. In no, Seattle. you would have been. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. guaranteed. Uh, well, your, you notes, your notes. Your notes. Sharing a bedroom with me. <laughs> anyway. You know, it, it's funny because when I was, you know, you're bringing up the notes or whatever, and I keep looking at them, and... I almost feel like I don't want to miss the, 
you know, the, the strength of what it was that I was feeling at the time that I was taking this down, you know. But, um, you know, just to start, Ray and I, we got, we grew up in a culture, I don't want to say culture, but we grew up in a neighborhood and a life where I think that, you know, people in our neighborhoods, people we grew up with, were only expected to get to a certain level. And then, and then, oh, you made it. Hey, you got a job, man. You're good. You got a job. You're good. You should feel good about yourself. You're working. And for Ray and I, it was a lot more than that, you know. Um, it was, there was that hunger where I'm just not quite, I'm not fulfilled yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not, I need to do more. There's got to be more out there. And there were times, mm. where, you know, we've fallen back into that mindset and you have to fight it off. Mm -hmm. You have to fight it off. You know, you have to chip away at the falsehoods that have been given to you over time. You know, you got to, wow. you have to literally chip away at those. Otherwise, they'll consume you, right? And I was thinking about that because, you know, I thrive and have been successful in continuous improvement environments specifically because they're continuously improving. They're not stagnant. It's not something that you just stand in. You don't just sit in it and, and you're like, okay, we're good. We're done. You have to continuously improve. And that's what magma chem is. If it didn't challenge the academia and it didn't challenge everything that we were taught growing up in school, and then, you know, what is it really there for then, right? So that's what makes it so interesting to me, right? I live for lean manufacturing. I live for continuously improving. That, that's what I do in the operations sector, right? And then I'm like, look at these guys, right? So if they did it the way they always did it, and they didn't challenge that, we would just be stagnant. It'd be the same thing over and over and over, oh, right? Absolutely. So that's what makes it so interesting. That's why I'm, that's why I'm excited about being here. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've had tons of mentors, you know, that, that have challenged my way of thinking, and why should this be any different? Why should we not challenge the thinking of everyone else out there? with a proven model with what it is that you guys are doing and then actually making that making it work showing everybody you know it'll be right. a slap in the face of what reality is to some people you know what i'm saying sure does that make sense yeah so uh, out of our that. <laughs> well, old methods keep us stagnant you know they keep us stagnant we don't move we don't progress i mean we were just talking about technology a while ago at the beginning of it you know and how we've gone from pagers to now, I mean, people can't live without their cell phones, you know, because it does so much. It's a it's a computer in your pocket. You know, if we would have stayed with pagers and we were still there, you know, with the way methods are are needing that technology, then we wouldn't we wouldn't advance as a civilization as a people. Um, so anyway, so <laughs> the funny thing for me is that growing up in West growing up in West Texas, good catch, and uh, thank you. Growing up in West Texas and now living in Seattle has shown me completely different <laughs> sides of the coin, man. That is. We're talking about jumping the fence, bro. <laughs> uh, bro. Culturally, everything. You know, and wow. I grew up in a very conservative, very oil-rich area. So we wow. didn't have the money, but we knew it was there. You know, and that, you know, having to understand and just being around that culture and then going to a completely liberal um, and, and I'm not here to I'm not here to argue whether you know right side left side. That, that's you not just me. experienced both. That's not me because I learn from everybody, and it's important that you pay attention to these things. And when you fall on your ass, if you stay down there, you're stagnant. You're not moving. That's the important part of this. That's why I want to be a part of. It. That's why I want to be a part of this. You know. That's why I believe in what my brother does. That's why. That's what something that I've learned from him, and then over my own personal experiences, wow. being able to, you know, 
learn from everybody, whether regardless, regardless of culture, regardless of ethnic background, regardless of uh-huh. religious ba- re- religious ideology. Uh huh. You, you know, see, you've got to learn, that. man. You got to learn. Sharpen the saw. You got to keep doing it, man. You got to keep doing it. And if you're not, then you're stagnant. And to be quite honest with you, you know what value are you adding? Wow. You know, so personally. Yeah, as a, as an individual, you know, and you got to continue to do that. So wow. Yeah. So the belief that you guys have and what what I'm seeing, you know, um, I think it's going to be important when other people open their eyes and see the exact same thing because it's there, man. It, ma- it makes sense. Yep. Yep. And we're gonna have a good time doing it. Can I add to some of that? Yeah. He said. He says very something key. Um, and uh, religions, races, culturals. Etc. Uh, one of the honors that I've had in my uh, most recent career in the past 16 years is uh, to do uh, engage in uh, business endeavors on a global scale. Yeah. Um, and guys, I've dealt with the Hindi, the Buddhist, the Muslims, the non-Christians, the Christians, etc. From the Middle East to Northern Africa, Western Africa, Wow, West Indies, all over South America, Mexico. Uh, Et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Germany and all over the UK. Developing what you would say is interpersonal exactly. relationships with these people. So in, 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 in closing, what I want to say is, he, again, I think this is very important that people understand this. You know, those that have not the exposure, have not had the exposure that I've had and actually immersed myself in third world countries, immersed myself in exciting environments like Buenos Aires. Ooh, man, it's like New York City in the South. Whoa. You know what I mean? But you go to the slums of uh, Venezuela. You go to the slums of Saudi Arabia. You know, you go to, you know, you go to these, these, I mean, the slums of Algiers. I mean, all these places. You've got these freaking, you know, Libya, for example, Gaddafi. God almighty. I mean, just the atrocities that you witness. Um, One thing I did know and notice in speaking with those who are being uh, ostracized, I guess, for lack of a better term. We're all seeking the same thing, guys. It's simple. It's easy. We're all seeking the same thing. We're looking for love. Let me start over. Family, love, health, and in the end game, a little bit of wealth. I don't care who you talk to and what country and what language you speak. doesn't matter. That's the four key things that I discovered in dealing with all these uh, uh, different on a business level, yeah. uh, really religious aspects. I mean, I had to study guys hard uh, before I went into country. How do I carry myself mm-hmm. as an expat in order to be successful? As an expat? A, a person that goes in, uh, a, a, a foreigner, you oh, okay. know, doing business there. Wow. How do I protect? You did it in the early 30s in Mexico. The, the, how do I protect the reputation not only of mine, but the company I'm representing? Well, you, you, you read a little bit of the Hinduism, study a little bit of the Buddhism, you know, read the Quran a little bit, just to kind of get an idea. Talk to your agents, whom you have to have. Out of respect, you know, for example, in Oman, you know, PDO is, is the oil and gas company. And um, and these Muslim women that have different colors or different garbs, face covered, face non covered, they come from different tribal sects. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, you need to understand. 
bottom line is you said it perfectly. You have to understand yep. whom you're dealing with. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with someone from Northern Africa or, you know, someone from, you know, the U.S. It doesn't matter. To be successful, we can, and I'll drill on this all, all day if I need to, interpersonal relationships. Yeah. It doesn't matter what culture they are because we're all seeking the same thing. All you got to do is show respect and protect that respect from being in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Those are the experience I, mm-hmm. I felt and witnessed. Like that. And, yeah. and, you know, it's funny. That breaks us out. When I was in the military overseas, we were doing anti-drug operations in South America. And you have to train. We were training the Chilean Navy and the Peruvian, you know, military. And, and uh, when we were down there doing that, you know, although we spoke the same language, we were very different people, mm. you know. And they think the privileged American Latin guy is over here telling us what it's like to struggle. Oh, wow. So you have to be very aware of how you speak and those interpersonal, and then you learn from that. Like, man, so when I came back, I even had, you know, you, I had gained so much more respect for being American because you see, you know, Miraflores, um, Peru, as you're driving in there, you're driving through all of these slums and these tiny shacks that people live in. You know, um, the sewage is out in the open, things like that. And then you get to the city and it's grand and all these old buildings and these discos and these clubs these people dress nicely <laughs> wow but literally within blocks of one another yeah wow. and and yes. and then you have to look at you know the scope of their life what are you trying to accomplish you know what are you doing you know i'm here to train their navy to defend their their country Coastlines, yeah. or whatever but their country this is their country this is what it is you know so you get to know that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you come back and you're like hey you know, you don't really know what it's like to have the hunger in your gut, not knowing if you're going to get another meal. You know, nobody knows that in most cases here in America. I mean, you know, and, you know, so that in itself, it brings value to a person. Him seeing that overseas, you know, just, like, man, we really, what am I complaining about? What am I complaining about, right? <laughs> so, you know, I have a... Ingrown toenail. Oh yeah. <laughs> they can't get me into the Just doctor's office till next. Ruining week. my day. <laughs> you know? So yeah, Jesus. Anyway, there we go. Wow, perspective. You know, uh, one thing that's dropped out is uh, is the pursuit of truth. You know, is is a common thing that we say, and and that Stan has. Oh no, 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 no! The truth is right here. <laughs> yeah, can you Google it? Uh, oh no, that's not Ed, the truth, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this pursuit of truth is such a deep and such an interesting Absolutely. concept. And and in regards to the rocks, and in regards to how the physical world seems to have put itself together, every moment of that, every reaction of that, every everything about that, that's our pursuit of truth. And and the, and and that's really really exciting. But at the end of the day, we all have our own approximation of our reality. Right. Your approximation of reality or your maybe your ability to see what is truth is slightly different than mine. And when we have to have empathy with each other. It's a big word, man. I love that. That opens it up. That's that tension release is empathy. And now you uh, we're just here. Right. We're just here. And I'm trying to do the best I can understand you. And how can I learn from you and move this forward in the pursuit of truth? 
you know, that's it for me. And I, God, that gets me fired up, man. And that's hard, you know, because you got to be truthful to yourself. You got to be, you know, that's hard. That is hard. And we all have a past and it's twists and turns of all kinds and all shapes and sizes. And you just, you're not a product of what you purchased. You're the birth of now, right? You can m m migrate all that into a line, into your mean trail, represent that trail with where you stand today and how you speak today, move forward. That's the pursuit of truth, man. And at the end of the day, you got science and all of it together to ingrained in it, right? And innovating in it and integrating into it. All of that is in what we do. And then, oh, by the way, there's business and there's opportunities to make wealth from all of this stuff. And that's great. That's what I was born in. We're all born in that opportunity, I think. But it just comes in so many different approximations of reality. But I think across the world, we are going to get way better gentlemen in the ability to generate energy for people. And that is just incredible growth and opportunity for everybody in every language across every border Absolutely. to get cleaner, to get more efficient. Absolutely. Wow. You know, what a great opportunity. What a time to live in right now. What a thing to be a part of right now. Let's, let's harness your ability. Let's harness what you are and what you know and what Ray is and everybody that's in this, right, that really wants to be in this. Let's harness the best of us, move forward collectively. That's the completion segment of the PBE podcast today. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. I like that empathy part. I can empathy and sympathy, the difference, right? Mm. To sympathize is to say, I feel so sorry for what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Empathize is, how can I help you deal with that? Right? So wow. empathy to say, I, I, I'm making myself available, right? So that, that's important. And even then, you have to be careful. Mm. Right. No, that's that's oh, right. That's right. Watch your six. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my yeah. word. Man. Watch your six. Because you can't but be that's naive. Probably what I'm not very good at, man. I go I go head first, don't I? I dive right yeah, in. Man. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm with you. Let's and, do and that. And I'm gonna do oh, we're, gonna... What? We're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to help you, man. You know. What I mean? <laughs> Uh, by the way, I've never been to jail. So is that right? That is correct. No, wow! <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> Still burning a trail. It's the truth. I promise you. Wow! As, as Beaver Cleaver would say, Stan can't even say that. It's the truth. <laughs> I was in jail for eight hours. You know what's? There's a funny story about him camping on this uh, acreage one time, and he feels this big old gust of wind outside the tent. He's just telling me this the other day. And he's like, what the hell was that? Early morning, he unzips, and he says he walks out to get another one. Boom. With a helicopter? Look, no, looks <laughs> over. This this rancher's got a fucking uh, flamethrower flame in his hands, pointing it at Stan. Well, he ran right across that far from my face. For being out on his land. He was mapping. He was looking at the rocks, mapping the rocks, just out, you know, hiking. What? Not a gun, but a flamethrower. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he goes, that kind of changed my way, my view on tenting. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Uh, funny. Well, it was a really dry year, so what he was out really doing, other than just showing us a thing or two. That's funny, man. Was um, <coughs> torching choya cactus. Oh, okay. Because the, cat, the cattle had been out there eating. That's it was what he so was doing. Dry. Yeah. yeah he, we were seeing all day the, several, for several weeks yeah. cattle wandering around. Right on. Sure. That's, that's just really bad. Can you imagine? Wow. They were dealing with the pain. It's a drought. Yeah. It was survival. Straight up survival. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Wow. Well, 
Chewing anyway. on a choya. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. You guys are excited. Uh, thank you for coming, right? Just visiting and being willing to be on the show and talk about your life, your experiences. It was fun. It's a pretty. And you only know that much. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting started. <laughs> Love that.